Joining us in the studio is Nora Holder from Collingwood General Marine Hospital. Great to have you back, Nora. Thanks for having me, John. Uh, lots to talk about, of course. Uh, how are things at our hospital? Things are going just just really, really well. We uh, went through a bit of the flu spell there, and uh, boy, it got tense for a bit. Yeah, it was pretty tense, um, and uh, our volumes did peak for quite a sustained amount of time, but... Um, uh, we managed. We managed very, very well. And uh, thanks to, first of all, the public for, um, you know, understanding that you know, there are certain signs and symptoms. You can stay at home. Some yep. you go see your doc. Some you come to the eMERGE. And also for our staff because it uh, those high volumes can really um, be stressful at times. And staff did very, very well and cared for people well. I've always wondered, is there a higher... Um, sick day rate for folks who work at hospitals because of their exposure, or is it standard? Uh, there is actually a um, a province wide uh, sick day rate that everybody compares themselves. Each hospital does, right. um, and it's through the Ontario Hospital Association, and we actually benchmark quite well with that. So, yeah. so you benchmark lower than other hospitals, mm-hmm. but would you benchmark higher or lower to say uh, an accounting firm? That I actually don't know. Mm-hmm. What I would be interested in is how we benchmark with, um, let's say, the education system and teachers. Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that might be the worst. That, that might be a, a bit more of a challenge. <laughs> At least when people come to the hospital, they know they're sick. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, lots to talk about. You've got some advancements in the EDM? Uh Yes, we do. In the emergency room, uh, we have the final sort of touches completed to our waiting room. So uh, our year-long uh, emergency room upgrade and redevelopment is completed. And first of all, I want to thank the community. Uh, it's their generous funds who have mm-hmm. that that has made it possible. So um, the last couple of weeks, uh, we made some final changes to the waiting room portion, and it provides better clarity clarity about what the process is when you arrive into the ED. That is one um, complaint that we heard consistently was is that the process was a bit confusing. And um, people are also pretty uh, under a lot of distress when they hit the emergency room. So mm-hmm. there are key, three key steps um, that connect to three key chair colors in our ED. Step one is triage. So you take a red seat until you've been assessed by the nurse. Step two is registration. So please do take a blue seat until you've been registered by the registration clerk. And step three is waiting. Uh, Take a black seat until um, your name is called. So we've received positive reception over the last couple of weeks. Um, And it does, it's it's part of what's called Q uh, theory, where when people move along and they know exactly what the process is, and then they move along again. I think you've seen that when you board a ship or you yeah. go to an airport. You feel a little bit better because you're, you're now moving in the along, next section. But there's also clarity, and you <laughs> right. kind of know that there's there's the end result. Okay, I'm supposed to be here right now, so right. that helps people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it must be an interesting standpoint to be in right now because we knew we know a new hospital's coming, but it's probably ten years down the line. Yes. What do you spend money on in terms of renovations in a place you know you're leaving? Uh, Well, you know, we still have to care for people in the next 10 to 15 years. And investing in our current current digs is is very important. Um, And healthcare and technology uh, is changing so rapidly, you have to keep up those investments. Absolutely. Yeah. You've got some other stuff to talk about. I do. I, first of all, would like to say that we're uh, engaging in our annual board recruitment. Um, and we're seeking dynamic candidates for positions on the board of trustees. And um, this year, 
we are seeking a number of candidates and giving some preference to individuals from Wasega Beach and Clearview, just to have a board that is representative of our complete Southern mm-hmm. Georgian Bay Area. We we do have um, a fair number from both Collingwood and Blue Mountain, so we thought we would you know, try to get a shout out to individuals who might be uh, interested from uh, Clearview and Wasega. What do you look for when you're looking for a board member? Well, that's a really good question because healthcare is becoming more and more complex. Uh, so we really are looking for individuals who have um, different sort of um, skills and experiences. Um, more than ever, people who are strong and have strategic governance um, and it depends upon each year what what sort of um, strengths we we are looking for, um, and it depends upon what uh, strengths certain board members who are leaving mm. um, may have had that we so want to replace. If you had a finance guy that's yeah. leaving, you might look for yes. some finance person. Yes, or someone who may have experience in um, uh, planning and building mm. because we're in a redevelopment sure phase, or yeah. or someone who may have a very strong um, uh, business background or a background in governance. Or in change and transformation, those kinds of things. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anything else you got going on? There's a peer group study, isn't there? Just... <gasps> oh yeah, um, I'm really proud of this. It's um, a peer support program, and it's uh, Tema, and it's the Tema Counter Memorial Trust. Um, we know that working in healthcare can be very, very challenging mm-hmm. um, on many, many fronts, um, and we've recognized for a while that the well-being of our staff, physicians, and volunteers is really a top priority. Um, and uh, so we've been on a journey together to make a positive change. And one of the most important changes has been addressing impacts of critical incidents such as Code Orange. The Code Orange we had um, at the beginning of um, February mm-hmm. for staff physicians and volunteers. So what we're doing uh, is based upon research that indicates peer support can help a person gain control over their symptoms, reduce hospitalization and offer social support. So we're excited to create the peer support team. Um, we're currently in the first stage of the process, which is peer nominations. So peers who accept nominations from their peers will receive necessary training to make it a success. And I, I do want to thank our, our hospital chaplain, Greg Armstrong. He's one of the key leaders of this initiative and also to our hospital foundation as the first year of this program was made possible by the CGMH Foundation's Giving Circle. Hmm. Uh, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that staff and volunteers. Volunteers make up a big part of what goes on at our hospital. Oh, they certainly are, and they're very, very valued. They are um, woven into every department and every service um, that each one of us uh, interfaces with every day, mm. and we couldn't do it without them. Are you always on a constant lookout for volunteers? How do you recruit volunteers? Oh, we are absolutely uh, open to anyone who's interested in volunteering. And if you're interested, you can go on to the hospital website, www.cgmh.on.ca, or you can call the hospital and uh, just ask for um, our volunteer manager. And it's Sadie Nixon, and Sadie is well-known in the community. Mm -hmm. She's been um, part of the community forever. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Uh, What else do you have for us? Well, I would like to um, just uh, share uh, with the community that uh, we have taken important steps to preserving health of our patients and visitors, staff, physicians, students, volunteers. Um, When uh, we became 100% smoke-free May thirty first, 2008. 
And that was when the Smoke-Free Ontario Act was introduced. So we want to remind our community that the hospital grounds, 100%, that's including in your car, it's including um, uh, outside the hospital doors, it's including every, the parking lot, all aspect of the hospital, um, they, it's smoke-free. We have boundaries that are um, uh, well-defined. Smoking is currently permitted on public sidewalks surrounding the hospital, but we really ask people to be considerate of littering and disposing um, your your smoking garbage yeah, in appropriate the spots. Challenges you as you cast those smokers yes. away from your place, you're sending them to someone else's. Absolutely, and um, we are very cognizant of that fact. Um, so, smoking isn't permitted along the path past the physician's parking lot, down the entranceway to the hospital, as I said, in cars or in the bus shelter. And there are fines of up to $305 for individuals who um, uh, smoke in non-designated areas. So patients do have to leave hospital property if they want to smoke. So for patients who are inpatients um, and don't want to leave hospital property, we have nicotine nicotine replacement therapy and it's free of charge uh, to help people feel more comfortable. It comes in many forms in lozenges, uh, gum, the patch, an inhaler. And if a patient does decline nicotine replacement therapy and they do continue to wish to smoke, they will need to leave the hospital property. And any patient leaving hospital property um, or their unit during their stay need to sign a waiver stating they're leaving the hospital against medical advice and they cannot take any electronic hospital equipment with them. So if they've got an IV and an IV pump, you can't take that with wow. you. Wow. So we would rather help patients find an alternative method during their stay um, than have them leave the property. Well, it's a little dangerous. Wouldn't some argue, though, that, that uh, if someone's in the hospital and they might be at risk, isn't that the most challenging time to try and change that habit? Maybe let's get them better and then then deal with it later? It absolutely is extremely challenging um, to quit smoking at any time, mm. let alone when you're ill. Right. Um, but uh, nicotine replacement therapy has been proven to really decrease the urge. And um, out of respect for our legislation, laws, and other patients and visitors and staff and volunteers in regards to secondhand smoke, um, smoking is just not permitted. And we also have oxygen flowing throughout the hospital sure. and all those kinds of things. So it's really not uh, viable. And those laws don't permit you to set up a smoking area that is filtered? In- no. The only thing that the law does provide is um, for um, Aboriginal Native um, uh uh, areas for um, sweet grass and ceremonies, things like that. There, there can be a special room that is set up, but there are so many codes that have to be met, etc. Right. I know there is one actually in Aurelia Soldiers Memorial Hospital. So, um, um, but that's it. Hmm. Interesting. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Always a, a great discussion with you. If folks have any other questions um, um, about some of the things that uh, we've talked about, where should they go? Uh, they can actually, first of all, go on our website, Yeah. Um, take a look around, um, or they can give us a call. Give me a call. Call the hospital number and um, just ask to speak with me or speak with one of the senior team members. As I mentioned, Sadie, in terms of volunteers, yeah. we're always happy to have a conversation with anyone. Nora Holder, President and CEO of the Collingwood General Marine Hospital. Thank you so much for joining us and talk to the town. Thank you, John, and thank you to our community.